0: Hi, welcome to Athletes' Grit, from sports to life. This is a podcast interview series where I speak to current and ex-high performance athletes on their sport and how the skills learned, acquired and trained in competitive sport have translated into their professional and personal life. I hope that their true stories of grit in overcoming adversity will inspire and motivate others. Hearing stories of local athletes' journeys closer to home helps us relate better and makes each story even more meaningful. I'm Alex Lowe, consultant and coach in the fitness, health and wellness space. Founder of Avery & Co, loving husband and doting father.
1: It's normal uh, to go through some of the lows. Yeah. But I think that it's important to also know that you will get out of those lows. Mm. How you get out of it, I think nobody has that, a fixed answer. It's really up to you to find. And when you do find that answer, um, that's how you grow.
0: My guest today is Judith Sim, former national climber, three times bronze medalist at the SEA Games 2011, national speed champion in 2016 and 2018 educator and PE teacher. Judith was my ex-student in 2007, when I was still teaching PE at Tomasic Junior College. In fact, Judith was from one of the first batches of sports student leaders I mentored since my teaching career started in 2005. I am extremely proud of her success and achievements, and I hope that it was partly my influence in her younger days that helped Judith choose the path she did which helped fuel her participation and passion in high performance sports. Judith shares the difference between competing in a team sport and individual sport. She also talks about being in the state of flow in sports and experiencing firsthand what she learned in theory in sports psychology. Judith shares her strategies on preparing for being in the state of flow, strategies on coping with stress and anxiety in competition day, and adopting a growth mindset to overcoming her lowest moments. Welcoming Judith Sid: Thank you, Jude, for joining us today.
1: Okay, thank you for having me, it's great to be here.
0: Right, shall we start off by you sharing a little bit about you know, what sport you started off with and you know, how you actually progressed on to represent Singapore in the sport of climbing.
1: So um, yeah, I started off with netball. I've played it since um, secondary school all the way to JSC, um, even to university. So that's just on the very lower sport level of like um, national schools. Um, then I picked up timing when I went to university and from there it kind of like just um, progressed further and further to the international stage. I think recently over the past two years, I picked up triathlons as well. just something to keep me going and um, yeah, so these are the three main spots that I I kind take part in. Currently, I'm, a, I'm teaching. Um, I'm teaching in BJ. So I'm a PE teacher. So I'm very much involved in sports on a daily basis. Mm-hmm.
0: So since you graduated, right, uh, as a teacher at Victoria JC, it's your, it's still your first job.
1: Yeah, this is my first job. I think I've been teaching for about six plus years.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Doesn't feel <laughs> long, but it's still, yeah, it's, it's still quite a decent uh, amount of time.
0: No, six years is a long time, right? So when I left mm-hmm. teaching, it was in 2013, and uh, I taught for eight years before I, mm-hmm. I left. Yeah. But I'm sure you will find mm-hmm. your space and you will find, uh, you know, I mean, it could possibly be something that you will be doing uh, for the long run, like, you know, many of our mm-hmm. colleagues have done, right? Um, yeah. Uh, talking about climbing, right? Uh, you mentioned you picked it up in. University uh, yeah. Was it something Easy For you to, to pick up And you know How did you even Pick it up It was just A new sport You know Somebody mm-hmm. say Hey Jude You know There's this climbing wall In, in, in the school Can we yeah. check it out
1: Actually uh- Interestingly, right, um, I, I first got a taste of climbing uh, when I was in TJ. Yeah, it was like, um, because TJC had this uh, small boulder wall behind the canteen. Um, yeah, so I think one of the days I happened to just like um, climb it and it, it felt quite good because um, they had these uh, um, numbers on the wall and you had to follow it and I managed to complete it. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm feeling really good about myself. Yeah, so that was my first um taste of uh, climbing. Uh, then when I went to university, I think some of my JC seniors were in climbing, so they kind of like asked me to join, and I and I went for trials, you know, um and I did feel that I picked it up quite easily. I think with um my background in sports in netball, um I was just athletic to begin with, so. Um, I think climbing came easy to me. I mean, contrary to popular belief, climbing is not just all about the upper body strength, um, especially for girls. I think having some leg strength and some um, just basic movement really helps a lot.
0: Well, I'm quite athletic and I find climbing uh, impossible to do, right? Maybe I'm just too <laughs> uh, bottom heavy or I don't know, top heavy. Uh, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's not just about upper body strength, core strength, or leg strength, right? what? What actually are the the key or core skills uh, that would would make somebody uh, a good climber? Because you progress really quickly, and you you uh, I think are you the number one speed climber in, in is Asia or Southeast Asia? What's that category?
1: <laughs> uh, for now, for now, in Singapore, lah. Okay. Yeah, Southeast Asia still still a long way to go. <laughs> yeah i think I think for climbing um having good body awareness is important um, It's a bit like dancing you know, knowing how to like um, shift your balance knowing how know how to distribute your weight uh, and move your body such that you feel comfortable on the wall. yeah and
0: these came naturally to you um which is why uh, it, it, it was easy for you to pick it up
1: yeah. <laughs> that, that that's the way that I, I, I think and I feel that it has allowed me to like advance so quickly in climbing
0: when you say advance so quickly right uh, what is or what was the timeline right that that you had you know from the training to the first time that you represented S- singapore in, in in a climbing competition <selections>
1: Hmm, Um, so I picked up climbing in 2008 and um, I represented Singapore in 2011 So in a span of like maybe two years Yeah, I have um, reached out rather in the Singapore scene I've managed to place myself um, near the top especially for the women's category Um, And then when I went for national trials, the pool was small it was small, but I think um, I trained hard. Um, I picked up the skills required of me quickly, and then that allowed me to be able to represent Singapore in the Sea Games in 2011. Um, and then to to get the bronze medals for um, individual and for the team relays as well. Yeah,
0: nice, nice. And you know how rigorous? Maybe you can share a bit about you know how rigorous the trainings were or the trainings are. You know for climbing.
1: <laughs> so by, by then I was sort of doing a little bit of contract teaching And um, almost like a, a, the normal like teaching job So I had to, I had afternoon PE uh, for JC And then after that I had to travel to the gym, um, climb So I would reach the gym right now, 7.30, yeah, 7.30 or 8 And then we'll climb until the lights off around like 10.30 And then sort of travel back home Um, So that was for about like three times a week And then on top of that We also had our own PT sessions Outside of the climbing wall To just kind of condition ourselves To get ourselves ready Yeah, I think um, the the preparation for the games itself Took about four months Um, It was short because uh, we didn't really know That we were going to participate in the games itself Mm -hmm. Yeah, until um, like uh, like, uh, a few months before Yeah but it was good. I I thought that experience was good because everybody was keen, very determined to do well. Um, not just for ourselves, but to I mean, because it was the first time climbing as a sport is being represented in one of these big games like Sea Games. You know, uh, it's not just a, a normal competition. Um, it's something that would be recognised across the country. So it was a it was a really big thing. Yeah,
0: and and how would you compare? Uh, you know. Climbing is a fairly individual sport because, you know, how you fare really 100% determines mm-hmm. on how you perform on the day itself. As opposed to netball, which is a very team sport, which you played for more years combined uh, compared to the number mm-hmm. of years that you've been uh, climbing competitively. So what what would you say are the differences or similarities?
1: Apart from like, no you know, um, being a team sport and individual sport, I and mean, as in, in the category itself. I think for climbing, I was able to really express myself. I was more, um, I had more initiative to kind of plan my trainings. I was able to take charge of my performance. Um, but I guess for team sport, you sometimes you do have to rely on your teammates, um, re- rely on your coach to direct you. Um, and the whole performance yeah, it just hinges on many more factors that you may not be able to control. Yeah, so when you compare climbing and when you compare netball, I learned different things from the two different sports. I learned about what I can control and I learn how to let go of the things that I cannot control for
0: hmm.
1: yeah, mm-hmm. And
0: with climbing, uh, what are the, the learnings or things that you felt that, you know, have greatly affected the way that you are leading your, your life today, you know, with the work That you do as a teacher Or even in your Personal life With how you deal With your partner And you know Your family
1: I think I, I learned To be confident About myself uh, in, uh, in the capabilities And the abilities um, That I have Pushing yourself To, to really show people Your worth <laughs> And your value uh, That's what I kind of Bring across In terms of like Work I think for climbing I just took really Good experiences That I could share With my students or uh, To guide them as well Because In my JC, we do have a couple of high performing youth athletes as well. Yeah, so those are moments whereby I can share with them my experiences and I also understand uh, where they are and can guide them in terms of whether or not, uh, in terms of how they're feeling, in terms of priorities, in terms of uh, studies, yeah, things like
0: that. What would always be the key struggles or challenges you know, that these uh, young high-performance athletes face and what are the what are the main things that you normally reiterate when you when you share with them I think usually they
1: struggle with the the prioritization of like studies and, and training, um, sometimes they really want to train because they know that they are good and they are going for competition, you know. So they they recognize that oh yeah I have to train if I don't train then I won't be good. Uh, but at the same time because they are students you know they have to focus on on studying as well. So the, those are one of the main concerns. So on my end I think I understand their need to train. Um sometimes I do help them. Um, Give advice in terms of scheduling their their training um, Making sure that they they look out for their injuries um, Talking to their coaches to make sure that they are motivated during training um, And also managing their studies to make sure that they are prepared for their upcoming exams
0: So it's about priorities And I guess another word to use is uh, periodization right? Because uh, it would be specific and relevant to the different calendars calendar month, you know, where they might have to be uh, committing to a certain exam or, you know, a mm-hmm. nationwide mm-hmm. Uh, exam mm-hmm. like the A-levels, right? Or competition even, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And can you share, you know, some really memorable moments, you know, in your climbing career? You know, your, the highs right now. What were the, the, the specific highs that you still remember until this day? And, you know, if you flash back to that time, you can remember the emotions, you can remember... Tasting the sweat in your mouth In that's sort of uh, Memorable <laughs> moment
1: <laughs> The most memorable moment Would be the Maybe the last competition That I represented Singapore in Which uh, one was that? Maybe because mm. it, was the last, uh, it was the Asian Cup um, It was in Bangkok, Thailand hmm I think uh twenty eighteen mm-hmm. yeah so it's pretty recent yeah it was it was a good and a memorable competition because um I was feeling strong and I was feeling um like I was up to standard and um, I did prove myself yeah I um in terms of progressing through the stage of the competition um my mental state was at its optimum as well yeah so there was this very good flow for me and like when I reflect about it it's like uh, it's, it's like something that I read in those kind of like you know textbooks you know psychology textbooks where you know you talk about flow you talk about high performance and, and that was it
0: and because you felt it you experienced it you know it's going to be so much easier for you to be able to relate it to somebody else right and for you to want yeah. somebody else to be able to get into that same flow and um, mm. what do you think you did right to prepare for this competition that got you into that state of flow
1: mm, I think for preparation, there was quite a bit of planning um, this time around. I took charge of my, my own training. Um, for climbing, we don't really um, have a coach, especially for um, the open uh, adult um, athletes. Um, we're usually left to manage it on our own, so I did uh, quite a bit of planning. Um, I spent quite um, a lot of time training dedicating like amounts of time within my week to to head to the gym to train to watch videos to prepare myself and at the same time Mm -hmm. rehearse myself mentally during trainings itself to get myself ready
0: so there's a lot of uh, visualization work that you do uh, because you need to chart the 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 path right maybe you can share a little bit more about you know you talk about the stages that you need to progress Mm -hmm. right so two stages I would like, love to hear from you, right? The stage of your flow, right? That is one. The other thing is the stage of the competition because uh, someone listening mm-hmm. to this might not understand how it goes. You know, do you go for a quali- qualifiers? You know, then if you mm-hmm. become the top 10 and then you go on to the next round mm-hmm. and then, you know, how, how does it actually work?
1: So, okay, let me talk about the competition itself first. Mm. Um, so, for competitions, you know, you have the qualifiers and then top 20 goes on to the semifinals. And from the semi semifinals, they... To- cut you down to six to get into the finals. Yeah. So for that competition 2018, the Asian Cup, I managed to get all the way to the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so for an uh, Asian setting, um, having strong climbers coming from like Korea, from, from Thailand, mm-hmm. um it felt good to be able to place myself within the finals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was for that was for bouldering. So there were two categories. Um I took part in another category which was speed climbing. That one was a little bit more um, stressful because it's, it works like a knockout stage. You have a qualifying round whereby you um, they take your best timing and then they rank you uh, top 16 uh, and then we go for a knockout. So you were... Compete against someone else And if you win You progress to the next stage
0: So it's yeah, like so it's, You're side by yeah. side With somebody Like two Spiderman yeah, Climbing up somebody. Wow so yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. Even more yeah. so Stressful So it's pretty exciting
1: right? Actually <laughs> Yeah It's pretty exciting And also stressful um, Because you can hear You know You can hear the audience You can also like See the Safe person the corner climbing of your your eye, right.
0: You. So yeah. what's your strategy Right I mean uh, Do you like Okay just do What I need to do You know And don't bother about yeah. The competition beside me Or How do you deal with the stress?
1: I think um, I had to be calm um, because when um, you get really nervous, your whole body kind of like shakes a little, you know, you get jittery. Um, And because of that little movements, you kind of fluidity of the movement on the wall may be affected Um, or the speed as well, the speed and the accuracy. So that's pretty important for speed climbing. Um, So I had to calm myself down. I had to rehearse the moves in my mind. I have to kind of like block out the, 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 the people around me and my opponents as well.
0: And what sort of uh, self-talk do you do, you do you know, to, to get yourself uh, calmed down, right? Because different people practice different calming strategies. Mm. Uh, mm. What, what were the strategies that you use you know, to, to ensure that you would be in your tip-top, uh, non-jittery form when, when the time came for you to climb?
1: I think for me, it's the breathing part. For me, um, just controlling my breath, being aware of um, my heart rate, just to prepare myself for the the intensity of the moves that I'm gonna make next. So it's more on the breathing, less of the talking. Okay. Um, for me, uh, less of the less of the the those kind of like keywords counting. Kind of but for me, it's the breathing and it's the visualization that helps more.
0: Okay, and you do it with your eyes closed. La.
1: Yes, I do it with my eyes closed, yeah. Okay. So it's not something... Actually, it, um Sometimes some people can get a little bit like shy and like you, know, you feel a bit awkward when you close your eyes in front of everybody. But it, it does help to block out the things that, that you don't really want to focus on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, that's so an a- ad- excellent, excellent tip, yeah, with, with that closing eyes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and breath with visualization. What about the flow states, you know, that that you know you talked about, you know, that you read about in, in, in psychology books? Uh, mm-hmm. can you share a little bit more about that? And I'm sure those so, listening in would be with you <laughs> as
1: well. Yeah. So what I understand about um, about flow is that sometimes we don't know that it's happening until our people report it only after and then it's about just recollecting about what they did previously that kind of got them into that state. To intentionally put yourself in the flow, I, I think that that is pretty hard for me, mm. that's, that's yeah. Um. But we always try. I think as 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 athletes, we want to create that optimum environment around us so that we are able to perform. Yeah. So for flow, yeah, like upon recall, I guess I I applied like like you know the visualization, the breathing part. I also understood and recognized that I had trained enough. I also was aware of my capabilities, and I think those contributed. The flow in being able to perform in the competition itself mm-hmm. uh, to. We'll also experienced then then when I was in the midst of it that I was doing well. I, it didn't take too much effort for me to execute that high performance. Mm. Uh, it didn't take too much effort. Um I just did it. Yeah, I just did it. The
0: magic the magic happens when you're in the flow, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you have got videos of, you know, that climb and you know you can ten years down the road, twenty years down the road you can you know, rewatch it and watch it again and can you don't mm. just need to be reliving that moment in your head but you can actually be watching it again that's 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 mm-hmm. really amazing you do have the clip right You sh- if you don't you, uh, yeah. you should go and try and get it somewhere
1: <laughs> I think I I think maybe it's just on Instagram
0: <laughs> yeah 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 it would be great to send me a link so that I can have a look at that too right or maybe I've already seen it and I didn't really know that it was that, yeah. that, that specific flow that you were referring mm-hmm. to so do you think that you know you've managed to experience the similar flow in your professional and personal life have you do you think that you've managed to experience something similar.
1: I think for professional life, I guess it's a different kind of role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael. Like, uh, in terms of just um doing doing work for me as a PE teacher, teaching PE is the fun stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not so fun stuff is the admin stuff. <laughs> um and. But that also requires uh, some effort some sit down to really mm-hmm. think things through and to get things going and yeah definitely mm-hmm. there would be flow there but in terms of measuring of the performance of my professional work mm. yeah I, I wouldn't really liken it to the sport right. Uh, right
0: but yeah. if there was something similar where you know that you felt that it was a flow maybe it was handling a particular project handling a particular event dealing with a particular mm-hmm. trouble incident or student in school who mm-hmm. uh, any any similarities in terms of how you know the, the same feeling like It's it's a it's a, tri- a feeling of triumph, right? It's, it's a feeling of euphoria, you know that kind of feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. so have, have there been any in you know, in work or even in your personal life?
1: I think it's more of the momentum of getting work done and the momentum mm-hmm. of problem solving on mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when we have events um, that's happening or when we have an issue. Then I, I think I had experienced some of the flow there to kind of uh, you know, get 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 the gear spinning in my head to kind of come up with like good solutions, you know, to yeah, to contribute and to well, yes, to, to make sure that something is done. Other yeah, mm-hmm. than nothing, like,
0: uh, okay, okay, understand uh, nah. that, yeah, okay. Let's talk about the lows, right? I it's really nice uh, hearing you talk about the flow, you know, at the moment that mm-hmm. you had uh, and, and making it to the finals at the Asian Cup. Uh, right. What about low moments? Do you recall any specific ones that you'd like to share about, and you know, how did you come out?
1: I think low moments for me are more like phases. Uh, phases in between the, the, the years that I've been climbing. So I think um, I don't, I didn't really have any big uh, injuries that would really hit me hard. But I think those moments for me were when I did not feel that I was performing and mm-hmm. uh, climbing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was also with the growing, the growing emphasis of working. Along mm-hmm. with climbing, yeah, so that was something that was hard to juggle, and I think I struggled with that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those were low moments because I didn't know how to really manage it at that point in time mm-hmm. um, to manage my emotions about um, how I perceive my abilities, and also to manage um, just the time and, and the stress and the fatigue that comes with everything, yeah.
0: And how did you uh, come out of that? I mean, you mentioned, you know, it was in phases, but um, how short were the short phases and how long were the long phases? And what were the strategies that you engaged or adopted for yourself to actually come out of that phase?
1: Mm, I think I think sometimes the phases can last for like a, a month or three months, um, how did I come out of it? Um, well, I think sometimes it's just talking to friends who also might uh, feel the same way that I do. Um, talking to my partner um, about about how I feel and um, just trying to like brainstorm what are some of the the things that I can do better, time mm-hmm. less perhaps, so that I can have more time to rest. <laughs> or, um, yeah. And I think important part was about prioritising work because moving on from uh, athlete life, I feel was hard because I didn't want to let go, you know, of the competitions and of the achievements and of the fame and of the intensity in training. But I had to because work is what puts food on the table.
0: Mm. Yeah. Is that the reason why you retired in 2018?
1: Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, mm. because mm. Um, I... I didn't want to um, get off from work um, just like just leaving uh, leaving work wanting to you know go to the gym whereas I could have spent a little bit, bit more time with my students or um, just take the time to plan for like an event or like to just take a, a rest from from work
0: do you think that you know there's any one point in time where you possibly might go back into the Trying again, you know, for to go back into climbing, a high performance.
1: Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I think,
0: I think a, definitely we all harbour that thought, like, right?
1: <laughs> I, I feel like maybe athletes always have that thought um, at the back of the day, like deep 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 inside the heart, you know, <laughs> you just like I wanna go go back to competing again.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: I, I do feel that I can. Yeah, but sometimes when I wake up in the morning after a hard climbing session and I'm really ache, I'm like, okay, no, there's no way I'm going to go back. Yeah, But then some days when um you, you do feel good, you know, um, after a climbing session, you're like, oh, I'm feeling strong. Um, yeah, you feel like you want to go back uh, to compete. So I think I really admire some of the athletes out there who are like uh, slightly older than me. Yeah, I you know uh, around the same kind of um situation that I'm in and... And for them to be able to juggle training um, and work at the same time, I think that's quite admirable.
0: Well, there there are always people out there, you know, that are doing stuff that can motivate us and, you know, inspire us to be doing better. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's talk a a little bit more about, are there any other skills or values or traits that you feel being a high-performance climber has actually molded you into a better person because you've talked about priorities, you talked about having confidence, you talked about uh, being able to manage your time, to visualize, to understand the flow of things. Is there anything else that, you know, would you feel that I, we might have missed out in, in the course of our conversation? Mm, I think it's
1: maybe like being good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a as a high performance athlete, as a national athlete, I think we are always striving to want to be good at our sport, um, to be the best at it. And then work, um, I do want to give my best and, and I still want to kind of continually improve myself to be very, very good at what I do. Mm. And I take pride in that. So that, I think that's one thing that I kind of, it kind of rubbed off on me from the past few years um, training as an athlete now. Yeah
0: so always you know high achieving always wanting to be better than you were the day before the year before and uh, it's it's always an upward climb right but yeah uh, at some points you know you have your down times you know but you know then that's where you might go through a period of anything from one day to three months or maybe more but then you come up again so that, that's, that's 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 the beauty of how sports teaches us about failure Right, and also about having that goal and that you know lifelong learning mindset. I think and growth mindset. I think that's something Mm, uh, probably the the right word to use. Right, that growth mindset.
1: Definitely growth mindset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And and, and, yeah, thank thank you so much, right, Jude. And before we end the session, right, one last question, right now, if 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 you could tell your younger self, right, from 2011 when you first started climbing, 2008 mm. when you first started climbing. What would you tell your younger self, such that you could be a better person than you are today? Some some mm. advice, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think firstly, don't stop training. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop training, and um and the lows may come, but I think um like out yeah, you'll get over it. Yeah, I think yeah, those are those are that. Yeah. I I think um it's. Reality that the lows will come you know. I, I'm glad you kind of brought that up Because um, it, it's normal uh, To go through some of the lows yeah. but I think that it's important To also know that you will get out Of those lows mm. How you get out of it, I think nobody has that, A fixed answer, it's really up to you To find, and when you do find that answer um, That's how you grow
0: Thank you, right, Jude. Thank you. I really like the, the last part is when you find the answer, that's how you grow. And uh, with, with, with that, right, uh, that's the end of today's session. Thank you so much for your time, Judith. And uh, I will be you. catching <laughs> you again really soon, right, for coffee.
1: Yeah, okay. okay. I'll yeah.
0: see you. Bye-bye. Thank
1: you.
0: You have just listened to the fifth episode of Athletes' Grid from sports to life. Here are my takeaways from episode five. Number one, in times of stress, remain calm and focus on your breath. This lowers your heart rate and allows you to think clearer and to focus on the competition or task at hand and to block out distractions. This is the key to overcoming stress and to emerge victorious. Number two, visualizing where you need to go and what you need to do and rehearsing it in your head will allow your brain to recognize the movements and help your body adapt to the fluidity of the movement. We can apply this to life as well when we visualize where our end point and end goals will be and the path and actions that will help to get us there. Number three, understanding the environment that you need to perform in allows you to recreate the same for you to perform at your optimum. Do you know what when and where you perform best in how can you replicate that to train and be better at it number four for the magic to happen or to get into a state of flow you need to first have the knowledge on understanding you have trained and prepared well enough for something and then be aware of your own capabilities or maybe even limitations once all other things are aligned and you're in the state of flow everything will seem smooth and effortless Number five, when you are down, talking about it helps tremendously. This could be with your family or spouse, or even training mates and friends. It is a reality, and in life, the lows will definitely come. But be prepared for it, and know also that it will pass in its own time. Everyone will find their own answer, and when they do, that's when they experience growth. If you enjoyed the podcast interview, do follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be kept up to date of new releases as I continue to speak to current and ex-high performance athletes in Singapore. To inspire and motivate with their personal stories of grit and triumph in overcoming challenges and adversity. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you again soon.